Welcome to Preaching and Preachers, a weekly podcast devoted to those who preach and to the task of preaching itself. I'm your host, Jason Allen, president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Today, I want to welcome Dr. Bryant Wright and his wife, Ann, to the podcast. Dr. Wright serves as founder and chairman of Wright from the Heart Ministries and as president of the Southern Baptist Convention's relief organization, Send Relief. Dr. Wright also served as the founding senior pastor of Johnson Ferry Baptist Church and retired in 2019 from that pastorate after serving some 38 years. Dr. and Mrs. Wright, welcome to Preaching and Preachers. Thank you. Good to be with you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we're here recording the studio. You preached in chapel just a couple of hours ago, and uh, it's good to be here today having this conversation. It's been a delight to have you guys on campus and uh, to have lunch together as well and to talk to you on the podcast and just, frankly, about ministry big picture. Uh, you recently retired from 38 years as the founding and senior pastor and only pastor until then of Johnson Ferry Baptist Church. And so that that is a remarkable feat. Not just the length of tenure, which is remarkable, but the fact that, that you transitioned and, uh, in a healthy way and the church is doing well. And uh, you seem, and, and the two of you seem, quite happy through and about all of that. And so one of my goals in life and ministry, if God gives me uh, of age, uh, is to one day retire with a big smile on my face, grateful and thankful for what God has done, content with what God has done and uh, ready to transition that on to the next generation. And so there's a lot I hope to talk about today in the next 20 yeah. minutes or so. But um, before we get to that, why don't you give us just a word of update on your family, sin relief, and um, kind of what's going on with the rights in the year 2022. Okay, well, when the Lord began to deal with my heart about handing off Johnson Ferry to a younger man, which was very much needed, and thankful that God has led in that process, uh, it took Ann about another year. She was not ready for that time in our life, because, hey, our whole adult life had been beginning Johnson Ferry, building Johnson Ferry, growing Johnson Ferry, and pastoring Johnson Ferry during I those times. I thought he might be tired. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Break. She said, I need a vacation or <laughs> sabbatical, but I wasn't tired, and it was really God leading in that process. But, Jason, the last year at Johnson Ferry was such joy. Now, there were a lot of tears. I probably cried more that last year <laughs> doing things before the congregation knew about this, just knowing it's probably the last time where there's a Christmas Eve service or just some big event. Right. And yet there was such a peace that God was leading. And so I call it a supernatural peace that comes when it's time to hand off what God has had as your main calling for so much of your life. He gives that supernatural peace so that you can accept that. But I didn't want to retire. And I'm so thankful the Lord has opened this door for the first time ever. The International Mission Board and National and North American Mission Board are doing a ministry together. That's never happened before. Right. So trying to bring together a team uh, with about half of us IMB, half of us North American Mission Board, but all for global compassion relief to serve the churches in that regard in order to carry out the Great Commission is really a fun thing to do. I'm traveling now more than ever because I didn't travel that much as a pastor except those two years as convention president where we traveled together a lot during the week. But you can decide then to be in your church on Sunday morning, which That's I right. did. But now I'm usually gone. Uh, each weekend, and Ann and I have had to go through an adjustment time on that. She's realized it was unsustainable for her to go with me every weekend. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, listen, uh, we're here today to talk about reflections on 40 years of pastoral ministry. And so I guess the, the first question I want to present to you, the two of you, is what can you tell us about remaining joy-filled in ministry? 
to be now, you know, uh, you, you said your age in chapel. We will leave Mrs. Wright age unstated. She's a lot younger than clearly me. Clearly a lot younger, <laughs> clearly a lot. But in chapel, you, you mentioned you were 69 years old. And uh, again, you have a smile on your face. What can you tell us about remaining cheerful and joy-filled in ministry year after year, decade after decade? I think the three things God did early on. One is developing a quiet time in my early days of after I came to Christ. And having that time alone with God is so key. One of the things uh, that I would tell everybody come on our staff, from custodian to ministerial staff, I would meet with the new staff once a quarter. And I say, look, the biggest temptation when you're in vocational ministry is to confuse your ministry with your relationship with Jesus. Mm. And then you become a professional. And then you have no spiritual power to give to anyone. So I think that time alone with the Lord, you just can't assume that's going to happen when you're in full-time ministry. We still need that time. Secondly, is a weekly Sabbath. I cannot say enough about how in surviving in pastoral ministry, you need a 24-hour period where you stay away from your main job, which is being a pastor. And mine was usually Tuesday then. We're in a new phase of life with all this travel. I have to find a different day each week. I never know what day it's going to be. <laughs> that, when that's the a Sabbath new thing. We may need to work right. through that. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. We, could, we could do that. But I am still taking it. I'm okay. still doing the Sabbath. But I think it is such a renewing time because time and again, Ann would hear me say on Monday night, I'd usually take yeah. Tuesday. Honey, I'm toast. I, I, I just I can't keep with this. It was no problem with John Safiri, wonderful spirit in the church, but I was just worn out. Yeah. And then by about mid afternoon on Tuesday, it was like a still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. God was reminding me, Brian, Johnson Ferry is not your church. It's my church. And it was just a reminder that he's in charge. Trust him by letting go each week. And then the third thing is sabbaticals. That was a huge uh, health-inducing thing for our ministerial staff at Johnson Ferry, and I highly recommend it. If a church and the lay leaders are willing to do that, it is a huge blessing for longevity in ministry because I led through an executive staff, four guys, rather than having an executive pastor. And when I finished up there, three of those guys had served with me over 30 years. Well, that's that's saying a lot, but those sabbaticals really helped us all stay healthy. But Ann may want to add a little. Yeah, and no, I was about to invite yeah. Ann to the conversation, yeah. both <laughs> your your perspective on Bryant being joy-filled, but also yourself. You have yes, a smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys together are a happy, cheerful couple. And so speak, well, to, speak to pastors, wives, ministry wives yeah, as well. that's great. I will say um, God impressed upon me early on the um, passage of Scripture in Psalm 1611 that joy is found in the presence of the Lord. Mm. And we come into his presence with thanksgiving and gratefulness. And so with a heart of gratitude and that time spent with the Lord, then the joy is there. And is it always happiness? No. No, it's not. And, um, you know, through through hardships and sad times and sad family times and walking through things with people in the church, there's not always going to be happiness, but there is always going to be joy if Jesus is the center. I will say about Bryant and his... Um, days off, he was as disciplined, still is, as anybody about not taking a phone call even. I mean, if if he'll if something's got to go on with the church or with the office, he'll take care of that early in the morning and then truly let it go for 24 hours. I'm such a people person that if the phone rings and it's somebody I might want to talk to, it's <laughs> right. very hard for me not to do that. But he is so disciplined about when that day is set aside for 
um, renewal and rest with the Lord and with me. The kids and I benefited from that. When he took Tuesdays off and they were little, they called it Terrific Tuesday. They knew when they got home from school, Dad was going to be there, and it was going to be a fun time to go fishing or play golf or hit. Not much fishing. I'm not a real good fisher. Yeah, but, but they wanted to fish. <laughs> well, right, but being, the, kind of, look, being yeah. the type of dad and husband um, that your joy is in the Lord and you're monitoring yourself, your heart, spiritually, emotionally, that like the kids look forward to dad being home. Yeah, absolutely. It's terrific Tuesday, not yeah. terrible Tuesday. That's right. Terrific. That's right. That's right. Terrific. Yeah. Fun stuff. So and we yeah. had a weekly date on Tuesday too, which was really huge for our married life. I think. Yeah, you know, Karen and I adopted the the practice when I was pastoring before God had me here, called me here. Uh, the, the Steve from Stephen Olford, you know, Sunday's King's Day, Monday's Queen's Day. That's great. And we would r- routinely do that. Good. And one of the things that I've learned here in conversation days about you guys and about <laughs> me, but but this is something the Lord did in my heart a few years ago. Uh, because I, I love what I do, and I can tell yeah. you guys do as well. Yeah. And so to me, it, it it just doesn't feel like work. It, it yeah. doesn't. Yeah. And so my life is full but simple. It's like the seminary slash ministry and my family. And then beyond that, it's kind of like trimmings, you know. But but I like I love my family, and I love yeah. the seminary. But but here's where I'm going with this. Um, it, 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 the seminary gave me some time off for my uh, my five years anniversary and uh, some extended time in the summer. And it occurred to me during that one of the things God taught me was being away was, yes, about giving me a break from the seminary, but was also about giving the seminary a break from me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, people mm-hmm. that are hard chargers and devoted and love what they do, you, we can enjoy being on all the time, but just because we're enjoying being on all the time doesn't mean our colleagues are enjoying us being on all the time, <laughs> right? And uh, there, right. there is an intentional space there that can be very healthy. Yes. Well, the staff would joke about when I get back from sabbatical leave that I was going to have yellow legal pads full of ideas. So they were they would enjoy the time when I was away anticipating what it was going to be like. When, right, right, <laughs> and right. I got right. back with all kind of fresh ideas. Now, I want to say a word about the um, the tenures of your colleagues. You mentioned that you guys as a senior leadership team served together for many decades. Yeah. What can you say about that? Well, I think the weekly Sabbath, Jason, was huge because uh, all of us in loving our ministry and our calling can tend to go at it seven days a week. So if one of our senior staff, I would see him there on his Sabbath, I would just kind of gently say, well, now, aren't you supposed to be off today? And I think there was just kind of a healthy accountability that this was really expected. Plus, they saw me doing it. Yeah. And that gave them a freedom to be away. Usually, they took Fridays. Most of the staff was on Friday. I took Tuesdays because I would really be pretty worthless for ministry, kind of crashing from Sunday after staff meetings on Monday and elders meetings and things like that. But I think that and the sabbaticals were really two key things. You know, one of the things that gives me great joy is how many of our ministerial staff's children are in full-time ministry, Mm. which says that they have a a healthy view of the church. They didn't resent the church because they saw that their mom or dad was able to have a healthy balance in their life. I also think mission, you know, unified on the mission kept the longevity of the staff there as well. Just one more thing that I think, help keep the staff together and cohesive was our staff retreat that we took each spring at the beach that did not have anything to do with work. And the spouses came and um, I felt like one of my jobs was to help the staff wives have friendships within the staff wives. Mm. And Bryant worked very hard on that week away with the staff that there would be um, almost like a family reunion each yeah. week. We would we minister to each other because on Sundays or in weekday activities at the church, there was no time. You're so busy with the staff, with the other people at the church, that we could not minister to one another. That was a key. 
So I want to I want to brag on you for a moment, you guys, for a moment, and uh, I want to come back as well to to those uh, retreat dynamics and together dynamics and, uh, and 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 maintaining those healthy relationships one with another. But uh, many years ago, I was in Louisville and I was serving there before God called me here. And uh, we had a guy in our church. I was serving full time at the seminary, kind of part time, helping a, a church for a few years. And there's a guy in the church, uh, an old man named Bill Gambrell. Okay, you know where I'm going with this now. <laughs> well, Bill Gambrell had a son named Billy Gambrell, who was a, a senior associate of yours yes. for decades, Long right? Time. Yes. Long time. And so during yes. this this year, um, I'm going to guess it was 2011, maybe 2010, um, you were president of Southern Baptist Convention. And uh, Billy Gambrell's father, Bill, died. Mm-hmm. And I remember I'm doing Bill Gambrell's funeral, Bill Gambrell's funeral, and we're in a little funeral home, and you know whatever, 150 mm-hmm. people there. And I look out and see sitting about midway back on the right sides, right side, uh, Bryant and Ann, right there at that funeral service as pastor of a major church, president of the Baptist Convention. A lot to do, but you guys flew to Louisville to be there with your colleague and his wife and family during this time of loss. And that registered with me. And I remember mm-hmm. I, I asked you about it at the time, and you said, yeah, we determined years ago to try to be there for our, our staff members when they lose a parent. And, and that really registered with me about to, to devote ourselves to colleagues, not just in, in routine ways, but in particular ways, especially during a season of loss. Mm-hmm. So well, what can you say about, about that intentionality to care for, for your team members during seasons like that? Well, I want to pick up on what Ann was talking about on that annual retreat. Uh, you know, it's funny when new staff would come on board to be their first time to be at the retreat, they'd come with their notebooks and computers and ready to go. We did nothing but play during the day. And pray. And then we <laughs> had night. worship at night. And worship at night yeah. was not only a special time of worshiping together, where one of the staff would bring a devotion, beautiful singing praise songs and hymns together. But then we would focus on each couple. So one time during that week, each couple was focused on with specific personal prayer requests. We'd urge them not to try to talk about ministry prayer requests, but just personal things. And then we would just share how much we appreciated that Mm. couple, different ways the staff would speak up about it. Jason, the unity that came out of that time, even though it was just one week a year, it was so looked forward to, and the church began to see how fired up the staff was when they got back from our annual beach retreat and just the love we have for one another. I might not see the middle school minister for a conversation for three or four months after that, but we still had a bond right? because we spent right. that time together and looked forward to it the next year. So out of that came genuine friendships and love for one another that just carried over, like being there at Bill's parents' funeral was just a part of us loving the family of the staff. And so I'm very thankful for that. Ms. Ann? I just would repeat the same thing. Yeah. Um, we did not go out to eat. We would have yeah. three big beach houses, and um, we would assign teams to cook, and Bryant was intentional that we would not have the music staff paired up with the music staff. The music staff would, the music minister would be with the children's minister and the senior adult person on one meal They had to plan it, execute it from beginning to end, and um, we we would strategically pick the newest people on the staff to cook with us and serve those meals, and it just built a team of yeah, camaraderie, team of, yeah. and by the time they've had their evening to be prayed for and all of their colleagues that could easily be competing for attention for their area— when they've had each of them affirm them for who they are and their character and 
Their wives have been affirmed. Their children have been prayed for. If there's an illness, we've laid hands on them. We just can't um, just say hard enough. Just to estimate the impact that had. And I will say, Jason, quite often I felt like a failure as a pastor's wife in when we would get with other pastors and they would talk about, uh, other pastor's wives, they would talk about a, a weekly Bible study they'd have or a monthly dinner they would have. And I'd think, well, I never get that done. But we would have that one week of concentrated, just truly loving on them and them loving on each other that just could not be. Um, it wasn't really a treat. A retreat for us, right, 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 right. right. Ann and I would come home exhausted, but we wanted it to be a retreat that's right, for them. That's right. Yeah, there, look, and there's a a blessing to blessing. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I want to talk aloud uh, for a few moments here about um, just again keeping with this theme of of, of being cheerful, joy filled throughout decades of ministry. Um, about what role forgiveness plays in that, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll tell you at times in ministry when I, I talk to people around people in their 60s, 70s, and um, there can be an accumulation of grievances that, that can leave a person yeah. really joyless, yeah. not joy-filled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and this is not, I don't think, my spiritual maturity, but I hope it's spiritual maturity, but as, I think it's just personality. I'm just, I, I find it very easy to forgive. Um, but I don't know if I could live with myself and function in ministry if I didn't find it easy to yeah, forgive. That's right. Yeah. So I'm curious what role in your lives forgiveness have played as far as over the long term and how it's contributed to to your cheerfulness in ministry. Well, huge because in our third and fourth year at Johnson Ferry, a lot of the times the people that are drawn to a church plant, they have a, a very strong idea of what they want that church to become. And then when the church is not becoming what they envision, they take it out on the pastor. And even though Johnson Ferry was really exploding with growth during those days, there were some early families that were giving me and Ann a fit behind the scenes because the church wasn't becoming like they had in mind. And, of course, right. that was criticism for us. And they weren't as known anymore. Uh, they were right. known before that's we right. got there. They were getting diluted. That, yeah. That's exactly. right. So, yes. so anyway, it was a long process, Jason of forgiving those folks. Now, once we went with elder leadership as a form of governance in John Spear, that was so unusual in those days. I mean, right. couldn't find a single Baptist church that was doing it. I'm sure there were, but I couldn't find one. But that's when those ch- folks chose to exit. But it was still several years of really praying about my heart towards those folks. And I feel like you you know you've forgiven when you see that person and you don't get a knot in your stomach. Yeah. You're really fine seeing them. You, it's not that you forget all that went on, but you're really fine seeing them. That's real forgiveness when that's happened. And I don't think you're going to have joy long-term in ministry until you learn to forgive because the devil will just eat at that bitterness. He will use that bitterness to t- suck all the joy out of your heart and life. So I thank you for bringing that up because people see a church like John Spear say, man, I I would do great if I was pastoring a place like that because, man, look at all the good things going. But you don't realize those early days, it was painful. Right. Painful right. to right. get through the growing pains of those early days. And, there, and yeah, and how did you process that? Because, look, these it wasn't strike, easy. You know? Yeah, the wife's home is different than the husband's. Well, it wasn't easy for me because really he was the brunt of the, their criticism. And then I would have to worship with those people on <laughs> yeah. Sunday and know the things that had been said about them. There there were a few people with an agenda, yeah. and um, they, they brought a few into their wake, few couples and families into their wake. So when they did decide to leave, it was blessed subtraction. Right. And then a few years later, a couple of those families came back apologizing, saying we did not realize what we were doing. And um, 
That yeah, was pretty it, special, too. It was a pretty special yeah. time. Yeah, but we have been able to see those people. Yeah, and, that's and, right. And by yeah. the way, they were, they were really pretty good folks, Jason. They right, just, right, right, right. Just, just competing visions of that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, and yeah. we got to get you guys to the airport okay. momentarily, but one last question. Um, here we are, again, quoting you, Pastor Bryant, 69 years old. Uh, looking back, obviously you made decisions and were influenced in positive ways by individuals that set you on trajectory of ministerial health. So now that you look back and think, man, I'm really glad I learned that. You mentioned the sabbatical. You mentioned the you know consistent devotional life, those sorts of things. Is there anything you're looking back and you thought, man, you know, I I had to overcome this, or hmm. I had to unlearn that habit. I had to really wrestle with in my 30s That's a or good 20s. Word. You know, I need to put that habit behind me or that practice behind me. Anything negatively <laughs> that you look back and think, man, by God's grace, I'm glad I, I, I came out of that or endured that or, or learned to uh, respond a different way to that. Jason, I think you'll fully understand this. You served under one of the greatest leaders in theological education. I served under one of the most gifted pastors. I mean, Ed Young, Second Houston, he could lead a Fortune 500 company of any kind. Just incredible leadership. But I say this as a positive and negative. I had to unlearn some things that I brought to Johnson Ferry out of the mega church of Second Baptist that just did not fit. One, size is different, obviously. Right. But culturally— didn't fit, even in leadership style. And I do not say that as criticism of Edwin because I learned so much. I've benefited so much. But I had to unlearn the parts that weren't me and were not this culture. And I think about what you're doing here at Midwestern. God has blessed you tremendously. You've been one of the great leaders on theological education. But I imagine you just had to figure out in these 10 years, you know, what's me? Right. What's different from Al? Great leader, but our our, our calling is similar but our personalities and our giftedness is different, and some of the priorities of ministry That's right. are going to be different. So I think it was a positive, but also a negative in that early days. I had to let go of some things that I thought how leadership should look when it wasn't really me and it didn't really fit our culture, if that makes sense. That's to good. You. That's good. Miss Ann, let me give you the last word. Nearly 40 years in one church. A lot of moments, a lot of memories. Uh, any final reflection for us in that regard? Yes, <laughs> that the um, my role was unique in that I'm the one person that could minister to and serve the pastor. There were a lot of people that could do other roles in the church that um, that they did well, but um, my calling and my privilege and my chosen profession is to support the ministry that God has Bryant do. And then I um, was able to do that at Johnson Ferry. And now I'm transitioning and learning to do that. That's in relief. So Well, and how sweet that is and uh, what a noble calling that is. Thank you. And yeah. how grateful is her husband. That's right. That's right. You're, you're talking. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I, you know, if my wife weren't me in this, you know, somebody put a bullet in my head. There, there's yeah. no way yeah. I could do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and God, it's been a key. Yeah, look, it's been a light to have you on campus in the studio Thank today. You. God Thank bless you. you. May especially this season ahead with your work with Sin Relief. May it be joy-filled. Keep with the theme of the day. And may you see the fruit of your labors. Thanks so much. Good to be with you. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for being with us today and for listening to Preaching and Preachers. For more information, go to my website, jasonkallen.com. That's jasonkallen.com.